Do global climate pledges actually keep warming below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels? And what are California's new electric vehicle sales targets? Hey y'all, welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Friday, April 15th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some climate change-induced events. Over 300 people have died now in South Africa, officially making the storm the deadliest on record for the country. The storm was not tropical, but rather brought cold weather and water, with some areas getting 18 inches of rain within a 48-hour period. Over in the U.S., tornadoes are flattening parts of Louisiana, Texas, and Arkansas. The area is also experiencing hailstorms and resulting power outages. There's debate among scientists on how much climate change is impacting tornado frequency and intensity. Meanwhile, a prescribed burn by the U.S. Forest Service went rogue in New Mexico due to unexpected winds, burning down more than 200 homes and killing at least two people. Now to some climate victories. For the first time, a peer-reviewed study shows that current global climate plans can actually keep global warming below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. If we follow all of our official and unofficial climate pledges to AT, we can keep warming at 1.9 degrees Celsius. Developing countries need financial and technological support from rich countries to achieve this. The study also said that the goal of keeping heating below 1.5 degrees Celsius is very unlikely at this point, with the study only giving us a less than 10% chance to reach that goal. But the fact that a study finally says that our pledges alone are good enough to keep below 2 degrees Celsius of warming is historic. A group of over 100 rapid response scientists from a variety of backgrounds have teamed up with IBM and the New York Academy of Sciences to create the International Sciences Reserve, which is described as a LinkedIn for science. Modeled after the high-performance computing that aided researchers in combating COVID, the ISR will conduct readiness exercises among its members to determine how they might conduct work if and when another disaster strikes. This disaster could be another pandemic, or it could be wildfire conditions like in the Pacific Northwest. When a crisis does happen, the ISR would aim to coordinate with experts' hardware, data, and software resources to respond. Over in Europe, Extinction Rebellion protests continue in London as a group of 25 scientists called the Affiliates of Scientists for Extinction Rebellion pasted pages of scientific papers to the windows of the United Kingdom's Department of Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy, some gluing their hands to the glass too. The UK's business secretary accused the scientists of endangering British energy jobs and security. Meanwhile, Extinction Rebellion activists also glued themselves to the reception desk of Shell's headquarters in London. The XR spinoff group Just Stop Oil is still protesting and getting arrested as well. Over to France, which is finally installing its first offshore wind farm a decade after the project was approved. It will be located 12 kilometers off the west coast and built by Electricique de France SA. It's expected to be completed this year. It took so long to start despite government approval because of local opposition and legal challenges. But since 2012, when it was first approved, renewable energy prices have dropped drastically, while offshore wind turbines have drastically increased in size. In the U.S., California revealed its plan to end the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. 
the state government issued a nearer goal of having 35% of new passenger sales be electric or hydrogen vehicles by 2026. Currently, 12.4% of new cars sold in the state are zero emissions. What California does impacts the direction of the rest of the U.S. because it's the largest automaker in the country and the 10th largest in the world. Staying in California, UC Berkeley is testing out geothermal energy to reduce its emissions, digging a hole 400 feet deep on campus. Geothermal heat pumps use the ground as a thermal battery, with water carrying excess heat during the summer through a long network of pipes. The earth naturally cools the water, which is then used to cool the air circulating through buildings. The opposite effect happens during the winter. Now for some climate fails, which are all in the U.S. today. March saw 904 new drilling permits in the Permian Basin, which is located in the southwest U.S. That's a record high, as the U.S. is prioritizing increasing its supply of fossil fuels to lower gas prices and provide resources to Europe, rather than taking the opportunity to advance its clean energy generation. The permits won't immediately affect the supply, though, because of supply chain bottlenecks, so we will mostly see the increase in supply in the beginning of 2023. Meanwhile, U.S. officials warned Wednesday that they discovered an alarmingly sophisticated and effective malware system that is attacking U.S. industrial facilities, specifically liquefied natural gas facilities. It has Russian fingerprints all over it. The system, named Pipe Dream by U.S. industrial control security experts, manipulates equipment found in virtually all complex industrial plants and even weakens facilities' defenses against cyber attacks. Pipe dream could take months or even years to protect against. And now for some chemical fails, which are also all in the U.S. today. A new report by the Real Urban Emissions Initiative found that in New York City, people of color are 17% more likely to be exposed to small particulate matter from diesel trucks than white people. Particulate pollution has been linked to irregular heartbeat, worsening asthma, and other heart and respiratory threats. A major culprit for this is older trucks that were made before new emission standards. Trucks made before 2007 only represent 6 to 10 percent of diesel trucks on the road, but contribute 64 to 83 percent of fine particulate emissions from diesel tailpipes. Gotta replace those old trucks. And a new study has linked severe black lung disease among Appalachian coal miners to exposure to silica dust in their jobs. This has been suspected for decades, backed with a ton of anecdotal evidence, but this is the first study to show a clear connection between silica and the disease. Scientists have found silica dust lodged in miners' lungs. The problem has actually gotten worse over the years, as the study shows it's more prevalent in modern miners than older ones. Researchers say that this shows that current silica regulations, which are 50 years old, are very much out of date. Okay, let's end with one more climate victory headline. 16 young people in Montana are suing the state government over the state's use of fossil fuels. Called Held vs. State of Montana, this will be the first youth-led climate lawsuit in the U.S. to make it to trial. The suit alleges that state lawmakers are prioritizing the business interests of fossil fuel companies over children's futures. Their case will be heard next February. And that was your climate news for Friday, April 15th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.